Dang, those videos are good. <laughs> They're real good. Hey, how are y'all doing tonight? Yeah, man. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, wait, what's that? Well, thank you. I love you too. Um, <laughs> hey, appreciate y'all. So uh, here's the, the thing. Do y'all remember the four rules, the agreement we made? Like, hey, I'm going to do my part. We're going to step up my game and I'm going to come with you with everything I got. But here's the four things I need from you. Oh, do you know them by heart? Come on, man. What are they? I was going to put them on the screen. Oh, they're on the screen. Don't cheat. Cover your eyes. Cover your eyes. Quick, quick, quick. What are they? No, wrong for, wrong for. The, and now, hey, those will keep you out of trouble with Hume. Yes. Bingo, bingo. So here, here's, here's kind of the thing. We left it off last, or this morning. It was, it was that, hey, John tied everything, the stuff we can't see. He said, look, 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 look. God was a long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. And they're like, well, how do you know? You weren't there. And he's like, I wasn't. But Jesus is God and Jesus is here. So let's just look at Jesus. But before we do that, I want to tell you a story about me growing up. Uh, I grew up as a uh, one of three kids. My dad was a police officer, okay? So he enforced the law at, uh, at not only our house, but in the city, great city of Louisville, Kentucky. And um, one of the craziest things was, is they, uh, as a police officer at this point, I don't know what it is now, you get a drive home car where you can, you can take home your police car and drive it around. So I grew up riding in the back seat of a police car and like a prisoner behind a shield. And, you know, I couldn't let myself out. It was like being trapped in this, in this prison of this car. And, and so I got to know the police car really, really well. And so my dad had this police car and it was made, it was called a Ford Crown Victoria was the actual car. Some of your leaders will remember it. You won't. But it was a long, like kind of granny car. It was big. It was just long and all that. Now, I wrecked some of the first car that my, my uh, parents gave me. And so my grandparents, who loved me so much, they decided they would gift me their car. Do you know what they drove? A white crown Victoria. And so I was driving around in what I thought was a granny mobile until one night I was on the way to a friend's house and I noticed a car at a four-way stop slams on its brakes in the middle of the intersection. And I was like, what's wrong with them? And then I realized they think I'm the popo. <laughs> and so I told my friend, I was like, hey, buddy, you know how my car looks like an unmarked police car? He's like, Yeah. I said, what if we pretend to be cops? Well, hey, where were you? Where were you when I was 16? Um, that would have been helpful. So we had this great idea. I was like, I was like, here's how we're gonna do it. Because I watched the police because my dad was a cop. I was like, okay, here's where we're gonna do it. I'm gonna steal my sister's hair dryer. And then girls have this thing called a diffuser. Do you know what a diffuser is, girls? Yes, they do. A diffuser, fellas, here's guy talk. It's a big circle you put on the end of a hairdryer. And from a distance, this diffuser made my sister's hairdryer look like a radar gun. 
And so because I've seen my dad do this a million times before, we park on the side of the road on this curb where they couldn't see us. They came around the curb and we were like, and we'd watch people slam on their brakes and we would just laugh and laugh. We were like this. And we just stick this diffuser outside the car window. And they all thought, they are like, oh, we're busted. And we just thought it was funny. But guys, what do you do when you have a good idea and you realize it's funny? No, you take it up a notch. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Hey, that, that's where you're like, hey, I survived that eight foot jump. 20 feet can't be that bad, right? And so I was like, let's take it up a notch. I said, do you think we can pull someone over? And my buddy was like, I do. I think we can. They're buying it. So we, we got the same same position. We got our diffuser gun. The car comes by. They see the diffuser gun. They, in a panic, slam on their brakes, and we peel off the side of the road, and we're chasing them. Now, I don't have police lights in my car, so I had to use my noodle noggin, and I was like, here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to flash my high beams, low beams at them, like strobe light style, and just see what happens. And all of a sudden, I get on their tail, high beams, low beams, high beams, low beams, high beams, low beams, and the front, uh, my headlights are flickering, flickering, flickering. And so the lady starts slowing down. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then she pulled off the road. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. And then she stops. And I was like, we did it. But here's, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Um, we only planned as far as, do you think we could pull someone over? We didn't actually make a plan if it actually worked. And so we get, we pull in right behind them. Like I've seen the cops do, my dad do a million times. And I was like, uh, what now? And he goes, I, I don't know. I didn't think we'd get this far. And, and so we just sat in the front seat frozen, but we couldn't stop laughing because we were like, we can't believe we pulled it off. And then the lady kind of is like wondering, why are these cops not getting out of their car to come visit me and tell me, you know, what's wrong with me? And all of a sudden she kind of looks in her rear view mirror and she sees two 16 year olds just laughing in the front seat. And then she, she was like, well, I should let them know that I'm grateful that they stopped me. And so she sticks her hand out the window with just one finger in the air, I guess, to let us know you guys are number one at being pretending to be cops. It was, it was, it was so kind of them, so kind. And she peels off. So we were like, that was amazing. You want to do it again tomorrow? And he's like, yes. And so I go home and I'm at dinner with my dad, the real police. And he's like, hey, what'd you do today? And I was like, dad, you'll never believe it. We pulled people over with Amy's hairdryer. And my dad doesn't look up from his, his food. And he goes, you know, that's illegal, right? And I was like, how illegal? And he goes, five to 10 years with a celly named Bubba, illegal. And I was like, oh, snap. And, and, and here's the moment in my head that I'm going through. I was like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? We were just having fun. Like, we're not hurting anyone. I'm just kind of doing the thing. And my dad's like, no, 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 no. There's a standard. There's a standard. And I had a decision to make. We didn't get caught. Our lives weren't affected. We just made aware that, hey, there's a standard. There's a truth. 
And in my head, I was like, who cares? I'm not hurting anyone. It's fun. It's exciting. What does it matter if I just do my own thing? But on the other side, I had a standard to lean into. One that seemed to take all the fun out of life. One that seemed to really rob me of a great experience that I just discovered. I was like, why does these standards have to wreck my world? And here's the crazy thing. In that moment, my father, that loved me very much, that didn't want to see me get popped by the real police, made me aware of a truth I needed to know. But I had to sit and make a decision on which way I would go. Would I follow what my gut said, what my fun said, or it's no big deal, who cares? Or would I go like, you know what? My father loves me. He cares for me. He's a little smarter than me. Should I just trust him, even though I've never read the law, I've never seen that, that you know, standard written down on paper. I wasn't even sure it was a law. I wasn't sure if it was just a scare tactic, but I had a decision to make. Am I going to trust what my father tells me, even though in my 16-year-old mind, it seemed ridiculous of a rule? And the truth is, is that feels a lot like it does as Christians, doesn't it? We have all these ideas of how we should live life. Oh, you know what would be fun. Hey, you know what we should try. You know what we should go after. You know what we should do. And then all of a sudden we go to church and they go, ah, 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 not so fast. God doesn't like that. He says, no, it's in his good book. You should take a long look and follow it to the T. I just made that up on the spot. So there you go. Uh, Yeah. I was like, I was like, man, I'm just like Devin, a freestyle rapper up here. You should, hey, you should have Devin rap to you. Anyways, um, but, but here's, the, here's the thing, here's the thing um, that, that, that I want you to catch. It, it's a lot like Christianity. Like we feel that it's so dumb. It's so dated. It's like God doesn't know. God doesn't know what it's like to be alive at this day and age. God has no clue of what's really good for me. How do I even know that still holds up today. And so the question that we said, like, look, if God is the standard of truth, here's the question that you have to ask. How do I know I can trust it? How do I know I can trust what my heavenly father says? How do I know he's not lying to me? How do I know a bunch of adults aren't using this to kind of take the fun out of life? Do you got, you know, that's a good answer. It just, It's simple, and for some people, it is that simple. It's like, just trust it. Some people, it's not. And so if you are the people that are like, you could just believe, man, that's awesome. And I hope that for everybody. But can I be honest? I'm not that guy. I struggle to believe. I struggle to think God isn't one massive fun sponge taking out all the enjoyment and experiences of life. And so here's the real question is if God is really truth, how is it, how is it you and I can know we can trust him? 
And so one thing I want you to know, we're looking through that whole book of John where John goes, hey, hey, there's a guy, Jesus, and he claims to be the truth, not tell the truth. He is the truth. And so he is the standard. He's the tape measure. We use that this morning. That's who Jesus is. And so the question is, is that dude was alive years and centuries ago. How is it still relevant today? But here's the same thing I want you to know. We're not the only people that ask that question. In fact, the audience John was writing to was doubting that Jesus was real and that they could even trust God. And do you wanna know why? God had let them down for years and years and years. God promised them a savior, a king, and yet here he was, here was his people, slaves and oppressed by the Roman government. And God said, one day I'll send you a Messiah, one day I'll send you a king, and they we're still waiting generation after generation after generation. And they were like, man, I don't think that's real at all. And John goes, no, 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 no. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and it's Jesus. And they're like, no, no, that's not what a king looks like. And he said, no, 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 this John, this word, it's the guy John the Baptist is talking about. No, 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 no. That's not the one Jesus is talking about. And so let me tell you a little bit about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a crazy, crazy dude. This dude lived out in the wilderness. He, he wore animal fur and he ate locust and honey. That was his meal. Like when, when the dinner bell rang, do you know what he ate? Bugs. And yet he was like, hey, the Messiah is coming. The Messiah, the Savior is coming. And people started flocking to John because they were going, I hope he's not lying. And they're coming out to the wilderness and they're coming out and listening to him. And so the church people, the temple people, they sent some folks out to John because they're like, hey, we got questions. And here's the interaction that they had with uh, John the Baptist. This is John 1:19. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent the priest and the temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? Here, here's, here's what they're saying. Are you who Jesus pro or God promised? Are you the Messiah? You seem to have quite a following. Are you the guy that we are looking for? And, and John goes, he said, he knew what they were asking. He goes, uh, I'm not him. Well, then who are you? Are you Elijah? Who is another well-respected guy? Are you a prophet? He's like, no. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Now, here's what you're starting to see as you unfold. There is going to be a tension between the temple, the church, and Jesus. And that's gonna be the tension that is all throughout the New Testament, or not New Testament, but John, the book of John. And so the question is, is like, hey, we've read, the, we've read the scriptures, we've heard the prophets, we've heard the voice of God, and they seem like they are lying to us. So here's the question. It may sound familiar. How do I know I can trust God? How do I know he's not lying to me? How do I know that it's the real deal? And can, can I say this to you? How many have followed God and felt they have gotten hosed for it? Maybe you told the truth and it wrecked a relationship. Maybe you took a stand and it wrecked a friendship. 
Maybe you prayed that your parents would be, their marriage would be saved. And God, if you do that, I'll be good. And he no-showed on you and your parents still divorced and your life still ripped apart. How many of you are like, man, I'm trying to do the right thing. And yet I just can't seem to get ahead. And all of a sudden you sit there and you go, no, I don't think I can trust God. Why? Because he hasn't shown up now and I don't think he'll show up then. And as you look at your life moving forward, you're like, you know what? Forget it. I'll just do my own thing. I'll do me. Because God seems to be a sham. Sound familiar? Sound like a conversation you've had with yourself? So... How do you know you can trust him? Right? So John keeps telling about Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks onto the scene. And he's like, here, here he is. This is the guy. This is the guy I was telling you about. You know, it's like if you're trying to set up your friend and you're like, hey, I know this guy and he's so nice and all this stuff. And then like that guy walks in and you look at your friend and he's like, he's and it's, that's what John was doing. Like he was super giddy. He was like, man, I sold out to this thing. And he started fanning his face because that's what girls do when they get super excited. They're like, I'm just sweating, but over here in my cheeks, you know, and I got to cool it off. And you know, you do. Don't even, don't even shake your head at me. I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But for real, do you fan your cheeks? Yeah. Hey, I got some ladies pointing to themselves. They're like, I don't, but she does. And and so John, John is geeked out of his mind. He's like so, so excited. And here's the thing. John, remember, John's got a mass of followers following his teaching. And here's the interaction. So John's like, this is the dude. This is the dude. Here it is. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples, meaning part of his crowd, part of his posse, part of whatever you call it now as, as friends. Um, as Jesus walked by and John looked at him and declared, look, it is the Lamb of God. It is the Word. It is the light. It is any sort of reference that you have to God's Son, the Messiah. This is the cat. This is the guy. And when John's two disciples heard this, they just started following Jesus, which was super creepy because I don't think they told him what they were doing. Like Jesus is just kind of strolling through. Hey, John, how are you doing? Hey, Jesus, how are you doing? It's good to see you. And all of a sudden, these two guys are like, I wonder if that's the guy. And then they're like, we'll just follow him, just see. And so they're just kind of walking along, just following him. And Jesus, we forget, we think like Jesus is this like alien creature that didn't have any emotions or anything. Jesus is walking and he looks around. And he goes, he says this, what do you want? You know, it, it's like Jesus is so confused in this moment. He's like, uh, uh, you want to, you want to respect my personal bubble kind of thing? What, what, what is it you really want? And they replied, rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And here, here's why they followed him. They're like, this dude doesn't look like a king. He doesn't look like a savior. He doesn't look like I thought he would look. But there's something to him. There's some things, there's some reason people are excited about him. And so they continued to follow in a creepy manner 
And finally, Jesus said this, catch this. Come and see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon and they went with him to where he was staying and he remained with them the rest of the day. So I want you to catch this. They're like, we're not sure we can trust him. We're not sure he's the guy. We're not sure he's who God promised us. And so they're like, hey, 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 hey. What's your deal? What's the story? It's like, just come and see. Just hang with me. Just see. And he says this. If I just tell you who I am, is it going to change you? Can I ask you a question? Um, And I want you to be honest. You don't have to raise your hand. If you go to church, which I'm guessing you do to some degree because you're here, someone has told you God's word is the word of God. You should trust it. Does that resolve your doubts? Just, Just because I stand up here and say, hey, 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 can I tell you the history of the Bible? Would it really fix the problem that you're having of trusting God's word? I could tell you the entire story. I could unpack it. Do you want to know why? It's an emotionally based question. It's a, can I feel safe following this? And do you know what doesn't help emotionally based questions? Information. Emotionally based questions are never solved by information. Do you want to know how I know? Because I dated girls in my life. True story. True, true story. Now, 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 oh, stay with me. 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 So there would be a moment, and, and I, get, I get ADD and stuff like that, where I get distracted. I get back into sports. I love sports growing up and through high school. And then there'd be a girl that I was dating. I said, hey, we're together and all that kind of stuff. But she's like, you're playing more basketball than you are hanging out with me or you're hanging out with your friends more. And then there's this moment where, you know, there's this kind of eruption point and she looks at me with all the sanity and goes, why don't you love me? (laughs) Right, right. Now, look, 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 look. Hey, hey, girls, I'm not knocking you. I'm a huge fan of women. I married one, okay? So, uh, no, I, I just said it. I'm a huge fan of you guys. So, so say, say, hey, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come back, come back, come back, come back. They only gave me so much time. They only gave me so much time. I need you to hang with me. So, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. If I looked at her and I said, now I'm into you. Like, remember that date we went on like two weeks ago? That was fun. Does that solve the feeling she has? No. no. So, so here's, here's the thing. I just want to be honest with you and give you permission to go or permission to feel. is like, it's okay to emotionally go like, can I trust the Bible? It's okay to say, can I trust the word of God? That's normal. It's okay. But (laughs) you also don't want to stay there, do you? You want to either be all in or all out. Following Jesus halfway is agonizing because you're trying to figure out how do I impress the world, but also how do I stay over here 
And so that's where the decision part comes, like just choose a side, like get on a side. And so it's like, for me to be all in, I gotta know I can trust it. So the next day, catch this, Jesus went to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, hey, come follow me. Philip was from Bethesda, Andrew and Peter's hometown, two of his other friends. Philip went and looked for Nathanael and told him, I think we found the person Moses and the prophets, all of God's words. It was written down for people. Sounds like the Bible, written down for people. Go, I think we found God's promise come true. And it's, his name's Jesus, son of Joseph, and he's from Nazareth. I love this. I love this quote. I love this quote that Nathaniel says. Nathaniel looks at him and goes, Nazareth? Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. He's like, that is a janky town. Let me tell you where a king's not coming from. Nazareth. He's like, there's no way it's him. Here it is. Come and see. Come and see. Just come and look at it for yourself. And as they approached, Jesus said, now here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. I Means like, hey, here's a good dude. And, and then he said, how do you know about me? Jesus replied, because I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God. Here's the invitation that Jesus makes. Jesus doesn't want you to try harder. He doesn't want you to believe more. He doesn't want you to have more faith necessarily. Just muster it up. Just believe. Jesus' invitation is super simple to you and to me. He goes, you're going to have your doubts. Come and see. Press in. Try me out. See what you think. Do you know how much swagger you have to have to look someone in the eye going like, hey, are you the man? And go like, see for yourself. Like that is confidence. I got such a fragile ego. Like people would walk up to me and be like, are you the speaker? And, and I was like, I just stood on stage for a long time in the morning. And I was like, am I that forgettable? And I would get insecure. And I'm like, yes, I was. And I actually asked one kid, I go, I, I don't know. Did you like it? And I was like, he was like, he was confused. I was like, cause if you didn't like it, no, I was not. And <laughs> But, but here's the thing is my ego is so fragile. I was, yes, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. And Jesus is sitting here claiming to be the king of the world. And they're like, are you him? And he's like, come and see. I'm that confident in who I am. I'm that confident in what I offer. And I'm that confident that the deal of following me is better than anything you'll find on this earth. Come and see. Here's, here's the crazy part. And let me just point this out. How many have friends that want them to do something that put pressure on them? How many are sitting next to that friend right now? I'm joking. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're going to ruin a lot of relationships. You're going to ruin a lot of relationships. Yeah. Um, we, call the, we call them the bad idea friends. Yeah, everyone's got a bad idea friend. By the way, if you don't have a bad idea friend, you are the bad idea friend. Just, just for... Uh, just, just so you know how it works. Stay with me, stay with me. Come on, come on back, come on back, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back. All right, all right. Here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. 
How many have, I'm going to say this out loud. They aren't here, so don't worry about it. How many have parents that put pressure on you? Yeah. Okay, hands down, hands down, hands down. Hands down, hands down. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Say it with me. How many have teachers that put pressure on you? Okay. All right, all right, hold up. All right, all right. Can I, can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? Can I give you a little insight? Do you know why they put pressure on you? Okay, all right, hold on. I'm gonna introduce you to something. There's a, there's a thing in the English language known as a rhetorical question. It's a question I ask that you don't answer or you answer in your head. So I, I could have some of you all doing this. But so here's, let me tell you why they put pressure on you. They do love you. They do. Hold on. Hold on. Stay, stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Because they're trying to get you to do what they want you to do. No, oh, no, 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 no. That's great. That's great. Let me, let me put something side by side with it. God is so confident in who he is and what he says. There is zero pressure. He's just like, I am who I am. I said what I said. And you can do with it what you want. And God, here's the crazy part. Trust you to make the wisest and best decision for you. No pressure. No shame, no guilt. He just lays it out there. And he is so confident, has so much swagger that he's like, come and see, come and see. And so how do you know if you can trust him? The only way you'll know if God's the real deal is if you follow. And I'm not saying, I want you to hear this, hear this. This is very, very important. You can follow and you don't have to believe. And so Jesus is saying, look, if you want to follow from a distance, if you want to follow at a creepy close pace, you can follow however you want, but you have to follow. If you want to know if I'm the real deal, you got to try me out. You got to test my words. You got to try my truth in your life. And I am so confident it will make it better. It will make you better. It will make you better at life that when you turn around, you're going to go, thank God I found that Bible. So how do you know? You don't unless you come and see. And so here's what I want you to catch. If you catch nothing from this except this one line, Jesus will never demand you follow, but he will invite you to follow. You don't have to believe he's the son of God. None of these people showed up and followed Jesus that thought he was the son of God. None of these people showed up and thought that the Bible and the prophets and the Old Testament scriptures were telling the truth until they showed up and Jesus showed up for them and they go, my God, you are him. And that is the invitation that we have to know that the Bible is true.
So, here's the question you got to be asking. Yeah, but I want to follow something that I know is true, right? Like, no one wants to just try it out and be wrong, right? But can I tell you something about your life? You may not have thought about this. You trust people all the time that you don't know if they're right. You make decisions all the time and you don't know if they're right. You hope it, you like them, you want it to be right, you don't know. When do you know? On the other side of the decision. And so the question that I have for you is what is the influence that you allow to set the standards in your life? Is it parents? Is it teachers? Is it friends? Is it social media? What is it? Because something is steering your decisions, whether you want to admit it or not. You can all go like, I'm an independent thinker. No, you're not. We're all influenced by something. Do you know why companies spend billions of dollars in marketing ads? Because we're not independent thinkers. We're all shaped by things around us and they know it and they go, we'll spend billions and we'll make even more because all these people claiming to be independent, they aren't. I'm not. And it's okay. So the question is, is who can you trust? I was, um, I get a chance to hang out with lots of, lots of people. And uh, over Memorial Day weekend, we went to the lake with some friends of mine. And they had a big pontoon boat. And there were some middle school students there. And uh, we took them to a cliff to do some cliff diving. Have you all done cliff jumping? So it's where you climb up the side of a, you climb up the side of a rock. You look down. It's super long. And then you decide, do I go or not? And there, was a, there was a teenage girl. She's a sixth grader. And uh, she, was, she got up to the top. It was about 35-foot drop from the top of the cliff to the water. And if you're jumping that far, it hurts if you miss. I'll just tell you that. So, and, and so this girl gets to the top of the rock, and people are jumping off and jumping off, and she's standing in the cliff, and she's like, I don't know. And we tried everything to get her to jump because it was so slick and so steep that climbing down was actually more dangerous than jumping. And so we're like, we need you to jump. You can't climb down. And so we're trying to film her. We're trying to do all this. And we're trying to say, hey, 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 uh, we, we, we're, you can do it. We believe in you. You're, you're a strong woman. You're Queen B. You're like Beyonce, you know, um, you know, you, you, you can do it. 15 minutes, she stood at the edge of that cliff going. Finally, her mom, <laughs> this girl started a YouTube channel. And finally, her mom said, I am turning off the camera and this will never make it on your YouTube channel. And so she, she all of a sudden gets some courage and she jumps off the cliff. For, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 it gets better. And as she is free falling to her certain landing in water, um, as she's free falling, she screams out, this is for you, Kim Kardashian. <clears throat> and, 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 and look, let me be honest with you. I don't really keep up with the Kardashians, so I don't know if Kim's into his cliff jumping or not, but I'm pretty sure she's not. But let me point this out. Let me point this out. What's your YouTube channel? I don't remember. 
uh, I, I'll figure it out because I know that you're dying to see it. Uh, but but here, here was, here was, here's the thing that I, I realized in that moment. Something influences decisions we make and things we put our trust in. And hers was, if I jump, Kim might see it. And I, I'll be a big deal. I, I don't know what her thought. I don't know if she got much further than that. But, but here's, the, here's the truth for you. Something influences your decisions. Something carries your trust of your actions. And so you can choose your friends, your teachers. But can I, can I give you a suggestion? Just a suggestion. Why not choose someone with a track record of success? Maybe a loving heavenly father who's shown up generation after generation after generation in people's lives you know, in people's lives you trust, in people's lives that you've seen change. You are going to trust someone when you jump in your life. You are putting your trust in something when you jump in life. And so can I suggest you just trust God could be telling the truth. Could I suggest that you just follow Jesus and make your own decision? Because when people wanted information, they're like, are you God? Are you the promise? Are you, you going to tell me that everything's going to work out okay? Jesus just said, come follow me. So what is it we do with that? Every time I speak, I want to give you one thing to take away. First time was the rules. We show up with an attitude, a filter, and how we're going to listen. Here's the one for today. In your small group, I want you to think of one area, just one area of your life, and don't make it like a sinful area, you know, like, I need God to fix this, that you're going to go, I'm going to blindly jump, and when I'm free-falling, I'm going to go, this is for you, Jesus Christ, you know, instead of Kim Kardashian, go, I'm going to trust God's word in this one area. Don't give them the whole thing. That's not, that's not following and checking out. Just give them one area. What is one area you'd be willing to open up your hand and go like, okay, you can have this. And when it's good, I'll follow. And when it's bad, uh, I'll follow. Because here's what I believe will happen. You're going to have a moment like Nathaniel when he goes... Nothing good comes from Nazareth. That doubt, but you're like, I'll show up. And Jesus is like, oh, I saw you under the fig tree before you ever showed up. And he was like, holy cow. That's a real deal. And if you follow in this area, I believe God will show up in a way that may make you believe I can trust him with more. And do you know the way that you build belief in who God is? You test him. You trust him. Test sounds bad because there's like, Jesus like, don't test the Lord your God. But you just trust one area at a time and let him go from there. And can I tell you something as a guy who's been following Jesus for a long time? Um, it doesn't get easier. There are still areas that I'm like, it's going to hurt, to be honest. It's going to hurt. to make sure that my life is clean. It's going to hurt 
fill in the blank. But do you know what I found over 30-something years of following Jesus? Is while it's still never easy to jump, I've gotten more past experiences of when I just followed and go, I believe that. So how do you know? You know on the other side of the jump. So the question is for you today. What are you going to jump off the cliff with? Open your hand. Say, I'm in. Because the only way you'll know if you can trust him is to try him. I'm going to pray. And then we'll continue on. God, thank you for being so good. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being so cool. Like sometimes I feel like we do such a bad job, and I do, just like putting so much pressure on following you, and you make it so simple. It's like, look, God, how do I know that what I've learned or in the past is true? And you're just, just confident, and you're like, just follow me, see what you think. And God, I pray. I pray for courage and boldness because just following is not easy. Even if we don't buy it, even if we think it's a sham, even if we're like, but we're here, why not? It's not easy. And so I pray for just courage and boldness to pick something, to just try you out. Because the way we know the Bible is true is not because we get more information. Would we trust the character of the one that states it's true? So God, do a great work in each person's life. Open discussion. Give us boldness. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.